Let's see. So I have Amethyst Kia on the phone. Let's see if we can hear her. Amethyst, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Fantastic. Good morning. How are you liking our weather here in Colorado? Uh, well, you know, it's a, it's definitely a refreshing change from the uh, cruise, the festival cruise that I was on uh, in the Caribbean uh, just, <laughs> just this past week. So flew directly from Miami to Denver yesterday. So that was, uh, that was definitely a... Uh, Definitely a change, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I heard about that. What's it called? Kayamo Cruise? Yeah, the Kayamo Cruise. Yeah, it's a, it's a cruise. Uh, it's, a, it's a music festival that's put on by a, uh, a really amazing um, company called Sixth Man. They're based out of Atlanta. And they, they do these cruises um, that they, 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 do, they do several cruises, but this is one of the ones that they do out of the, um, out of the Port of Miami. So it leaves the Port of Miami. It, um, and it lasts about seven days. It stops in a couple of diff- usually it stops on a couple of different islands along the way. But it's just all it's just music the whole time. Um, Aaron Lee Tazjen was there. Uh, Mavis Staples, Anderson East, uh, Jeff Tweedy, uh, yeah, the Quavey sisters. Just like all all kinds of folks were there, uh, and it was uh, it was it was an amazing time. It was really great. Were there any musicians there that you were super excited to see or play with? Um, I was really excited to see uh, Mavis Staples. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got to, I got a chance to see her. It was, was such an amazing. I got a chance to meet her as well and meet um, uh, a couple of people uh, with her with her team, and that was really great. Um, I unfortunately at one point I actually um, I actually got dehydrated on a day off on the island and I like I passed out so I had to go to I had to go to the medic and it was a whole thing and so like I wasn't really feeling well for a good portion of the trip and so I had to really um, conserve all of my energy so I stayed in my cabin most of the time unfortunately so I didn't get a chance to like see as much music as I would have liked uh so i'm on the other side of it though i've recovered and i've i feel much better now um but yeah the travel and the time change and everything has just kind of really thrown me (laughs) has really thrown me off my game a little bit so um so i you know i was disappointed i it just wasn't really feeling up to come into the studio today because i just wasn't really like on all cylinders with my travel and my timing so um i appreciate y'all accommodating me and let me uh call in today i definitely want to come in next time i'm i'm uh, i'm 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 back in the area i definitely want to come into the studio for sure so that sounds great we're we're happy to have you on air in any way we can get you here amethyst um oh yeah, yeah and you do know that you're at like 5500 feet in denver so make sure you are chugging water so that you don't get dehydrated and pass out again oh yeah i have <laughs> I, I will never forget to drink water again uh i have been yeah i've been just I've been really on it, and the place I'm staying, um, I'm staying with um, with uh, uh, one of, with my uh, one of my label guys with a Soul Step Records. He recently moved to Denver, so I've been staying at him and his wife's place, and they got they've got humidifiers everywhere, and they've got <laughs> they've got you know they've got me all set to go to. Uh, to stay hydrated so yeah 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 which <laughs> I'm is doing, i'm doing better <laughs> which is different that you're from tennessee right where you use de- dehumidifiers so that your house doesn't rot right at least right that's... exactly <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite it's the opposite problem there is like sometimes it can get a little too humid um but i live where i live in tennessee i live in east tennessee where um 
in northeast Tennessee. So the elevation is a little bit – it's a bit higher than where it is in, like, the, really the rest of Tennessee. Uh, so there is, like – there's still humidity, but it's not as bad as it is in, like, other parts of the state. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, most of the state is pretty known to get, you know, fairly humid, especially during the summer. So, so yeah. So so – <laughs> Uh, please tell me a little bit about our native daughters. It was such a huge success here at KGNU. Is it really four banjo players? Are all of you all are all banjo players, right? Yeah, yeah, we all we all play banjo, um, and yeah, it was, and that which is kind of a it's a pretty unique thing because we you know there's not there's not very many uh, um, black female banjo players around. Totally. So, um, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I, I've, you know, I've kind of noticed, um, you know, on Instagram, I've started to see like some people here and there that like have been inspired to learn the banjo. Some black women that have been inspired to play the banjo because they saw our thing. And I thought that was really cool um, that that, you know, that some people are being inspired to like learn it and learn the history of it and, just learn that in general it's just a fun instrument to play regardless you know so um so that, that's been a really cool thing <clears throat> yeah can you tell us a little bit about how uh that group came about because you all four have your independent things or other bands and how, how did that come together yeah so um rhiannon um rhiannon Giddens reached out to the three of us um she was ultimately she was inspired um, to come up with the concept for this project when she went to the National African American History and Culture Museum in D.C. and she walked through the first uh, the first floor, the first exhibit, um, and it was an exhibit on the transatlantic slave trade. Uh, and she was just so moved by that, and she wanted, she also realized that that's one aspect of the history of our country that um, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of emotional. There's a lot of emotional and traumatic baggage surrounding it, and um, it's hard uh, to, you know, to have a conversation about it because it's um, it emotions run high when talking about that particular topic um, because it set a precedent for, um, you know, cultural and you know, uh, constitutional and political. Uh, things uh, that would that would that would stem from that, uh, and so um, she wanted to find a way to write songs, tell the tell the stories um, of the people during that time, but do it through song because music has this way of you know disarming people bringing people together to really kind of like listen to someone's story. Um, whereas otherwise it might be more difficult to hear it. Um, and having the banjo being, um, an important focal part of the instrumentation because the banjo is another, um, it is another instrument that, you know, it was, it was descended from the West African lute family. And again, tied in with, you know, part of, you know, part of the systemic um, kind of social, sociopolitical and cultural um, uh, repercussions of the transatlantic slave trade. One of the side effects of that is um, sort of like a revisionist history or like an eraser 
of, of, of certain aspects of history. And the banjo was part of that, um, ended up, be, ended up being a casualty of that because as far as people knew, um, uh, Joel Sweeney invented the banjo, you know, right. that lots, a lot of people thought that he invented it. Um, when in fact, you know, he, you know, added the fifth string, but he didn't invent the entire instrument itself. And so, and he was a white minstrel performer. So, um, so again, that was another aspect of history that was, you know, again, wasn't really paid attention to because of, because of racism, because of, you know, overlooking, you know, contributions of certain people because of, you know, again, stemming from, um, you know, the, the sort of culture and social attitudes surrounding, you know, black people because of transatlantic slave trade. So all of these things are like really like interconnected um, and which is part of the idea of exploring, you know, the transatlantic slave trade. Well, why do we, why should we talk about it? It's in the past. Well, you know, that set a precedent in, and that's one example of the, the, the side effect of, you know, what slavery caused. It caused people to not really fully, um, respect or understand um another human being's role in creating something you know uh as one example so so with reclaiming the banjo as being you know an afrocentric instrument um but also it's it's you know and it's an american instrument ultimately as well i mean it's the, the banjo has become an americanized form of that of that instrument style and it's something that obviously all people should be able to pick up and learn how to play. There shouldn't be, um, you know, no one owns, you know, any genre of music because when all, all different, what's so, so, because what's so special about American music is because so many people from so many different indigenous folk cultures around the world, whether voluntarily or involuntarily came to this country, they brought their food waste, they brought their music with them. And um, all those things, like, sustained and remained. And, again, when people ultimately get together to play music, that's the one moment where you can kind of forget about, you know, where, where all your differences are and you can see where, those, where, where your, you know, your love for the music kind of interconnects, which is why American music is so amazing because you can hear so many different – you can hear the hybrid – in all of the different genres of American music. And so anyway, I'm going on a tangent right now, but. Oh, uh, it's a fantastic main, tangent. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the main point being that like, you know, the banjo is an important part of the transatlantic slave trade because that is because that particular instrument is one of the ways that, um, that enslaved people were able to maintain some of their um, cultural ties was through playing music and being able to use, utilize that um, to kind of make to maintain some sense of like of their own culture. So, um, so yeah. And I thought it was a you know when I mean, she proposed you know this idea, I, I just thought it was it was so brilliant to be able to. Um, trying to kind of pass forward with this and i was like i you know i this is amazing like i i'm big i mean i i just was really honored to be asked to be part of it um and all of us felt the same and so 
once we got in the studio um, in Louisiana, um, out in the, the bayou at a Dirk Powell studio, um, you know, we, we just spent, you know, two weeks, we were just writing and we were just, you know, reading different things and, um, you know, uh, Rhiannon obviously is this huge wealth of knowledge. She, like, pointed us in different directions of where to look for inspiration um, and, uh, and yeah, over the course of two weeks, we, you know, did a lot of, did a lot of co-writing and, you know, recording and, um, yeah, it was just, it was a really, uh, transformative experience, uh, uh, for me as a, I mean, as a, as a creative, as an artist, but also just, you know, spiritually and, you know, emotionally for me, it was also just a very, um, very life-changing experience and it really kind of, um, it really uh, opened me up in ways that I didn't think were possible. And like a song like Black Myself, um, it, to date, that's the most confrontational kind of like direct song I've ever written. Um, and I had no idea really like if people would even get where I was coming from, you know. Um, and because it was, you know, it's because the nature of the song is it's like, you know, just speaking truth to power about this is what I've observed, this is what I've experienced as a as a you know as a woman of color um, playing you know in the Americana folk music genre, and this is what I've seen of how the past has led us through this you know tragic yet triumphant sort of narrative um, and. Um, hoping that people could, you know, understand the song as it is. Um, and from at least, or people, hoping people would understand what I was trying to convey in the song, um, because you can very easily, some people could hear it and write it off as, you know, um, you know, exclusive or like, well, that's for black people. It's not for me. Um, you know, I know, I, I know it's, some people could write that off as that, um, what I, hoped was that people would hear that this is an American story um, that all of us Americans have a stake in, uh, whether we're black or white, because, you know, white people also faced a certain trauma during all of this, too. It was it was it was a different kind of trauma, but it was a trauma all the same. And so um, this is something that you know, we all have a, a stake in understanding this story in order to move forward and continue to understand each other as, better as human beings um, uh, and um, to really understand what each other goes through. Even if you don't have the exact same experience, you could at least understand or relate to and see, oh, I could, you know, just understand someone else's story and see where they're coming from and hopefully, you know, gain a little more kindness and compassion about certain instances. Um, so that's what I wanted to do with the song, and I'm really, I was really just overwhelmed with how people, how many people really understood where I was coming from. Uh, like that was such a, it was kind of a relief for me. I mean, I knew at the end of the day when I wrote the song, I was like, I have to write this song. Um, this project, being part of this project, gave me the strength and courage to to write the song and to sing the song, um, and I'm just. Regardless of whether it got received well or not, I knew that I did what I needed to do 
for the purpose of this project and for the purpose of myself and for, you know, the people before us, you know, so, um, but having so many people be so receptive to it and for it to receive, you know, the kind of like accolades and, and, um, and response that it's gotten from so many people has been like, just really like, um, just, it's been above and beyond anything I could have anticipated. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those for those of you out there joining us, Amethyst Kia is on the phone with us right now and she was just nominated for a Grammy, which is one of those accolades because people really connected to the song Black Myself off of Songs of Our Native Daughters from 2019. Um do you want to say anything about being nominated for a Grammy? That's pretty epic. I'm just thinking back to the day when I found out about it. Um I was on the last kind of last leg of a tour out in the Midwest or it was in the Northeast moving over into the Midwest. And, um, I it was November 20th. I woke up at nine 30 in my hotel room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, uh, I picked up my phone and I saw like, you know, 50 notifications on my phone and I'm like, what the hell happened? Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Um, sorry on the radio. Uh, That's all right. I was like, what, I was like, what the heck happened? <laughs> and I looked at, you know, and my, 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 you know, the manager, like people, my, you know, lots of music professionals I've met over the years, friends, like so many people were just like, congratulations on your Grammy nomination. And I'm like, what? Because I, <laughs> You know, I hadn't been keeping up with when they were going to, I mean, I knew that the, you know, the song, there were many things on the record that were submitted. Uh, so, but I, and I wasn't keeping up with when the nominations were going to be announced. Like, so I really hadn't, I didn't really see it coming at all. Um, so I sat there and then um, my dad, um, um, his name's Carl Phillips. He's been on the, traveling on the road with me for most of my shows for the past, uh, 10 years, um, like just selling merch and driving and also like helping me like plan, you know, coordinate tours and all that kind of stuff, coordinate planning. So he's been there since like the very beginning of all of this. So I tell him, I'm like, Hey dad, uh, I got nominated for a Grammy. And he sat there and he's, we're just looking through, like, we're looking through like Instagram and Twitter, just looking through all the stuff. And we're like, wow you know we just kind of sat there and then it's like we looked down and was like well it's almost time to check out of the hotel i guess we need to like head down the road like i mean it was it was weird because we didn't necessarily have time to really like sit and process it or celebrate it even because we had you know i had to get down the road because i had another show uh and so throughout all of this you know it's like even now it's still it's still you know new or strange to say you know that it was nominated for a grammy because like to me like this is something that i've decided that i want to devote my life to to being a musician and and being a songwriter and performing and touring like regardless of had i ever had i not won any had i not won anything or got nominated for anything i would still be doing this uh so you know this is just you know i mean this is all icing on the cake this is not it's not the reason I started playing music, you know? Uh, so just having this kind of recognition, um, for something that was such a, you know, uh, an important 
and personal song to be considered in that way. Just, uh, again, like above and beyond my expectations. And I was really happy when, uh, when I found out that, you know, it, it did end up winning, um, uh, folk, uh, best, it ended up winning Song of the Year at a Folk Alliance International this year, which was really nice. incredible. And uh, and Allison Russell um, accepted the award uh, for me and my stat. I couldn't be there. I wish I could have been there to to, to celebrate with because uh, Layla Layla was hosting the show, and um, and Allison, Allison Allison accepted the award. It would have been great to celebrate with them, but they celebrated for me so that was great um yeah so i mean it's just you know it's been interesting because i've been so busy that i it's i've had to like pick bits and pieces of moments to like sit and process it you know i've not been able to just think about it for too long because i have something else i have to do so it's i don't know it's just been um you know i just to me it's it, this is this is just the tip of the iceberg of what i feel like i'm capable of doing um and so um, for me, this is just another, this isn't a time for me to sit back and feel like I, well, I've made it now because I got nominated for a Grammy. Like if anything, this is like, I got, I got more work to do, yeah, you know, right. like this yeah. is, you know, this is the beginning of more to come. So I'm just, uh, just really excited for, you know, all the things that are to come with, with everything. So yeah. <laughs> well, so are we. We can't wait to see what else happens because if this is happening in your first, you know, decade of playing music, I look forward to another few decades of hearing you out there, Amethyst Kia. Oh, yeah. It's been, a, <laughs> it's been a pleasure to talk to you this morning, and I'm super excited. I'm going to be there tonight to see you perform. So I hope you get a lot of rest. Oh, yep. Hope you awesome. get a, yes, yeah, definitely. And uh, have, a, have a great time in Colorado. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. See you tonight. All right. So we're going to play one more song by Amethyst Kia. This song is called Myth off of her 2013 solo album, Dig.